Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess you are Jason. I, I'm not going to argue with Last it. Last time I checked, I'm Jason. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, it caught me off guard. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Uh, I was like, wait, is that, are happy you sure? To, happy to catch you off guard. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty positive. Last time I checked. Hey, we hope we hope you guys are, uh, like I said, doing great. Uh, yeah. We can't wait to get into this show. We have a great show for you today. Remember to check us out on our social media. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, X, formerly Twitter, PTI underscore podcast, and... On Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. And also uh, also review the show for us. If you yeah. get a chance, of, if, if they have it on your uh, uh-huh. the app that you're listening, it'd be yeah. very nice and helpful if you can review the show. Yeah. If you really like it, give us the five. Give us five stars. Give five stars. Five stars are the yeah. only ratings you should be giving us. And it helps, helps us out, too, because then the algorithm picks it up, and then it... Uh, we'll also push it out to other people. Say, hey, check out the show. It's got a five-star rating. And so. not only that, but we also learn how to make part of the intermission even better. So it's a win-win situation ah, all the way go. around. There you go. Yes. Hey, um, you know, I was gonna, I was asking you uh, earlier, <laughs> yeah. you know, with the writer strike and the actor strike and the, now they want the reality people to strike and uh, who else is, everybody else is supposed to be striking, The right? hot dog vendors, <laughs> the janitors. The craft services, the grips, the key grips have to strike. Right. The kid delivering the newspapers. <laughs> I so mean, <laughs> there's not a lot of new stuff coming out. I mean, they have a few things that are going to kind of trickle out. Yeah. But as far as these uh, studios and stuff, they're kind of stuck, right? Yeah. So We've I kinda, been struggling here. Yeah. Well, you know, if, yeah. as far as content goes, and, yeah. and I'm like, well, have you been watching? Because, you know, it's actually it's kind of done. It's been not great, but also mm-hmm. it's also been uh, a time that I get to explore and check out new shows mm-hmm. that have already passed. And cool. I haven't seen when they originally aired right sure, yeah so yeah. i get to i get actually get to explore and <clears throat> and find new things that are old which is kind of cool cool yeah and i ask you that i said is there mm-hmm. any any new shows so there's and you were kind of like well not really but is there any new shows though um you, you said you hadn't mm-hmm. really picked up anything or not really i've actually taken this opportunity to go back and watch some of my favorite older shows uh, some stuff that i really wasn't into before but now i'm starting to get a little bit more into also i've had a chance to kind of go back and uh watch some of my favorite uh, classic movies mm. uh, maybe even see some ones that I've only seen once or twice but haven't seen in like the last 15 or 20 years okay so yeah I've had a chance to do that a little bit and like recently I started um, watching NYPD Blue again because that's oh, one, one of my wow. favorite police dramas I seen of all that time ever yeah. great police drama when it was on I've also started all I remember is what, what's his face is uh, naked booty on TV that was the that big... would be Dennis France Dennis and... France naked booty on NYPD I remember that forever that was the top and right. that image is still seared into my memory. Because <laughs> so, we're talking network yeah. TV where they didn't even say mm-hmm. any cuss words. I mean, literally now you can get away with a few. I Until think. NYPD Blue came along. But in yes. the NYPD Blue, and then they could slip yeah. them in. and yeah, Right, and, but and, it was such a great show that was groundbreaking ahead of its time. And Dennis France won numerous Emmy Awards for his role as Andy Sipowitz, the, yeah. uh, the troubled uh, recovering alcoholic detective. Yeah. And then, of course, David Caruso was only in it for a season mm-hmm. and a half before he decided to... Uh, 
get visions of movie stardom in his head that went to his head and never yeah. really came to fruition. Yeah. But it actually ended up being a uh, departure for the better because when Jimmy Smith got on the show, holy lord, it got so much better. Oh, I forgot Jimmy Smith was. He only played Detective right. Bobby Simone, yeah. and uh, it got so much better. And then he ended up leaving uh, at the end of season five. Was that he- before L.A. Law? No, this was after L.A. Law. This was after L.A. Now, Law. Jim, okay. Now, Jimmy Smith was in L.A. Law yeah, back yeah. in the 80s. But yeah, NYPD Blues first aired in 1992 oh, or 1993. Wow. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Man, you know, it's so funny. It's everything. For me, everything <laughs> yeah. is, uh, of course, I'm a little older. So the, the brain's a little cloudy, but everything <clears throat> yeah. is kind of mushing together. So yeah, yeah, so the L.A. Law was, uh, and speaking of that, L.A. Law was a great series, too. It was uh-huh. uh, about a bunch of lawyers. You had... Uh, Corbin Burnson was in it. Corbin Burnson. You also <laughs> had What's-His-Face that played in Clash of the Titans. Titans, uh, Harry uh, Hamlin. Harry Hamlin. Yeah, he was in it as well. Yeah, yeah that very was a good courtroom drama series. That was a great courtroom it uh, was. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, so I, I forgot. And then, yeah, Jimmy Smith went to NYP. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Crazy. All very the, crazy. How it has linked up. Well, you know, yeah. speaking of uh, LA Law, there's. Uh, there's one new show that I've been watching uh, that's, uh, we kind of just ran, I think it was recommended. It's on Netflix right now. It was, it was uh, uh, recommended. came out in 2011 originally. I never saw it. Mm-hmm. Called Suits. Oh, now, yeah. this this is okay. another, it's about lawyers, about a law firm. Yeah. Uh, mainly, there's two main lawyers that it, that it focuses on. Um, but uh, very interesting show, very very well written, mm-hmm. and you know I I can say I, I miss that I really do. It seems like you know things have gotten so kind of watered down mm-hmm. because there's so much content. We've talked about it many times. So much content that has to be released now with all these different streaming services. Everything's kind of watered down. It's just not very good. Mm-hmm. But this originally appeared on USA Network, and uh, the writing's just really good. It's really quick. Uh, quick-witted, you know, writing moves very at a, at a very fast pace. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting's really well. I mean, it's shot in New York. It's 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 okay. it's really cool. So it's about these lawyers, a big law firm. Um, it stars uh, one of our famous royals now, Meghan Markle, or actually ex-royal, right? Wow. Yeah, so so she that's what all it. the Meghan Markle buzz is about. <laughs> she was okay. in it. Okay. Uh, she plays a character in it. Okay. Um, has some other characters. I, I didn't know any of these actors. One's name, uh, the plays the main one. Harvey Specter is the name of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel Mo- Moch? Mock? I've heard of Gabriel Mocked. Yeah, yeah Mocked. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce his name? I think so, yeah. Uh, he looked kind of familiar, like I've seen him mm-hmm. and stuff, but I but yeah. And then yeah. Uh, the other one is Patrick J. Adams. Haven't heard uh, of him. Yeah, he, he's a good actor. I haven't seen him in anything else. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then Megan Markle. But yeah, it's a very good series. Um, we're just we're just started season two. I think there are five. I think it went for five seasons. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you guys are looking for something, and you know, since there's nothing new coming out necessarily, uh, give it give it a shot. It's it definitely uh, sparked my interest, and it's holding it for sure. Hmm. Um, also, yeah, go ahead. Is it kind of like the Law version of Mad Men? You remember Mad Men with uh, John uh, John Hamm and mm. uh, oh, January I Jones? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John that, Slattery. That's actually be a good rewatch. Mad Men was a great series. It on was AMC. a great series. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, look, yeah. it was scandalous and salacious, and it had nudity in it, obviously. But look, I mean, it was a great, well written series. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and the style too. I mean, just just <clears throat> yeah. the, the the costuming, the theme, because it was in the sixties. Yeah. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. You know, you're you're right. I think it did. It does kind of have a Mad Men, and this is set in modern day. I mean, for okay. 2011. Okay. Uh, but it does have kind of that appeal. It's not as it was USA Network, so it's pretty tame. I mean, they don't oh, have a it. lot of you know, they don't show a lot of stuff. There's not a there's not. And that's the other thing I enjoy about it. There's not a lot. USA of, is tame. 
uh, I don't know, this show was. I remember I used to watch Silk Stockings on USA <laughs> to, like at like 11 p.m. at night. I thought Silk Stockings was about as close to porno as it was what? ever going to get. Was it really? I don't remember. No. That. I mean, I, I remember it being very, you know, it, it's almost like they would tease you with the name. Right, right, But exactly. you watch it and it's very vanilla, right? right. It's very, it, that's very That's what plain. it was. Yeah. yeah, it's like Silk Stockings. You're expecting to watch Playboy after dark and instead you're yeah. watching like a more uh, stripped down version of Family Ties or something. Yeah, yeah. It's very, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. An adult version of family ties right exactly uh, not not so adult but uh yeah it, it, that's a funny way but yeah you know but but that's what's good about the series uh, another okay. thing uh is that you know there's not there's not cussing it and stuff you know what i mean it's just they don't have to do that and that's what's kind of great about it is yeah. that sometimes you know a lot of people get wrapped up in 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 using you know certain words because they can now and yeah. uh the, you know the series you don't have it in there so you know yeah it's very uh, uh it's very like i said very well written they can get the point across without having to do certain things you know yeah absolutely so yeah it's it's a it's a good series it's funny i was talking to my wife and i you know i'm not i'm not a big fan of Meghan Markle just because i don't know it's just I, I just the whole royal thing i don't know what's going on there but in the series i actually really like her she plays a great mm. character in this okay interesting and uh <laughs> you know so yeah she she does a good job in this series. i've been hearing rave reviews about it so i will get a chance to stream it when i uh have some free time more free time available to me but i also yeah. am interested about that show on max called succession with brian cox hmm. i've heard that oh. is that is a really bomb show as well so that yeah. and i love brian cox he's one of my favorite character actors of all time hmm. so if anything with a brian cox in it i'll end up watching it eventually succession huh? succession yeah. yeah interesting yeah mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't heard much about that i'll have to check that one out too. it's on max so put it on your short list well you know and here's the other thing oh i will go going back to suits here's the other thing i like about it is because yeah. it's it's very PG and that way, you know, our daughter, like, you know, sometimes we're explaining to her what's going on because yeah, right, it's really fast right. paced and lawyers and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we don't have to worry about anything with that show. You know, there's been other shows we kind of started to watch her and like, Oh, whoa, yeah, right. Wait, wait, okay. It's pause it. We'll wait till she goes to bed. And then it's hard because, you know, by the time, she goes to bed it's already so late and then i'm you know we're crashing out so it's like we never get to watch a show so this yeah, one at least yeah. we can watch it together uh with the family kind of brings back that old when the uh, regular broadcast tv you would sit down with your family and watch the shows because they would you know that broadcast tv would be safe until yeah. nypd blue came along but. exactly right yeah right that's why nypd blue aired at 10 p.m on tuesday evenings well hey and <laughs> moving along though there's another show that we both have seen now we're up to date on and i've asked yeah. you about it and i had to explain that one to you about yes. the whole meme with the Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I you did. see what I'm talking? Okay, so I saw what you were talking about. Ahsoka. Yes. We're up to date now. We both yes. watched episode. Yes. What is it? Three now, right? Episode three and four. And four. Yes. Right. Wait, yes. Is there? Wait. Did I watch four? Maybe I didn't watch four. Episode four is called A Fallen Jedi, and that's the most recent one. That's that the one where they dropped. get the map, right? That's the one where they get the map. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It. Okay. So yes, I've seen all the way. So I'm I'm caught yes. up. You're caught up. Finally. Yes. Okay. What are you thinking? You like it? I like it. Oh my gosh! So far, that's, that's a shocker. I'm well, shocked I, I, right now. Okay, I, I like it. I still hold reservation. I still hold the right to reserve my uh, my official uh, review of it until after the rest of the episodes okay. drop. But so far, I'm liking it. So okay. Granted, the first couple of episodes were a little bit stale, yeah. but now it's starting to pick up a little bit. A little and now bit. we're starting to see a little bit more action in it, okay. and now I'm starting to kind of see where the story is going. And so now, um, now that there's a little bit more intrigue involved in it, and now that there's more exploration of the Ahsoka character, mm-hmm. and now that there's more exploration of 
uh, not really the force so much, but some of the ancillary characters and their part in this, it's starting to pique my curiosity a little bit. So yeah, right. I'm not look. I'm not saying that this is the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, I'm not yeah. saying this is going to save Disney and the Star Wars franchise from its recent maladies. But so far, right now, at least from the last two episodes, I've been impressed with what I've seen. Wow. I will say that after watching uh, after watching this last episode, mm-hmm. my favorite character is by far Ray Stevenson's character. Yeah, uh, Balin, Balin Skull. Balin Skull. Yes, Ray Stevenson, to, who passed away recently. He, uh. Unfortunately, I you know it's kind of sad because I wonder where this is going with him in in the series. Um, yeah. because I wonder if he was supposed to be in the next. In a possible, I don't know if they're supposed to have a season two, or, oh, if, he I don't was, know or if he was supposed yeah. to be in the movie. You know, I guess this is all supposed to tie in with the rest of the series, right? Exactly. Um, for me, and I will say on this last episode, I've already I've already talked about episode three. That's the one uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on the wing of the spaceship, right? Did you <laughs> not you see did. that? Yes, I did. I mean, I know I put that in your mind already when you we did. talked about it. But when she walked out and had that form fitting, th- I'm like, she oh my did. gosh, it's Sonic. I was expecting to see the floating little gold rings <laughs> next to her that she would just zip and yeah. get to the gold rings there. You know, I, I will say. This episode, episode four, was a little better. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a little more. Yeah, um, it still's got a lot of problems, man. It's just okay. it's not consistent for me enough. Okay. Um, and I'm just you know, as far as I, I will say this, the 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 lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and and Balin Skull that is getting back to where we need to be. Okay. That thing was definitely that was a great fight. The other one I didn't care about it with the. What's her face? Shin and uh, Sabine. It's like, Sabine? oh yeah. my gosh. They keep doing the same thing. I'm tired of it. It's like they leave themselves open. Somebody could hit him with a lightsaber, slice him in half, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like, no, they don't. They just, and then they run away. Like Shin runs away. I mean, in the fight, okay. it makes no sense, right? She knows that. So we're watching it. You, you, uh, what's her face? Sabine can't do the force. Mm-hmm. She tries it. <laughs> and Shin's all right. like, oh, wait, don't hit me. She turns yeah, right, her head. Right. And then, anyway, <laughs> but I don't know. Overall, I will say this. So, Oh my gosh! So there, there's an actor named Ezra in there. So I guess they are going to find Ezra. Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Like I've talked about, they're talking about people. I have no idea what's going on okay. with these people. You okay. know, these people are so important to him. Ezra, mm-hmm. and and the other. Uh, what what's the one that uh, uh, the uh, uh, Sindula had a, a kid with? Was the name Kanan? The Kanan. one Jedi. Yeah. I mean, they talked about these characters. I have no idea who these people are. And so to me, they're, they're, it's not that sense of connection. Um, so I don't know the getting back to Ray Stevenson, his mm-hmm. character that the end there when he's when he's talking to Ahsoka, mm-hmm. when he gives his speech is amazing. When he basically convinces Sabine to uh, turn over the map, yeah, amazing. I mean, yeah. that is where that was, that was good. That that he's on another level, and I yeah. don't know if it's just because the writing for him. I mean, he's he's a great actor. Was a great actor. Was yeah. Um, but man, I that I'm like when I see those scenes, I'm like, why can't the whole show? The rest of the show to me is so boring. And see, Balin Skull's character, the, the character of Balin Skull, you can clearly tell coming right out of the bat that he is not a true villain per se. You can tell there's still a little conflict. He's, confli- yeah, he's conflicted. He's conflicted. Yeah. And there's that one part in episode four, the, the most recent episode, episode four of The Fallen Jedi, this one scene and this one quote that he said really stuck with me, and that is he was asked about 
Um, the other character who plays, um, what's her name? Uh, Missy or Maisie or, <laughs> sorry. Missy or if Maisie. If you can scan ahead to the cast list. Oh, wait. Um, wait. The, so the character that tells him to watch the map while she's getting the hyper ring ready. What's her name again? Oh, the witch right the here. The witch, Morgan. yeah. Morgan Elsbeth. Elsbeth, So yeah. Morgan uh, says something to him under the cuff about having faith. And then he says very stoic, somewhat stoically, but also tragically, he says, I lost mine a long time ago. Yeah. So right there, you can clearly tell that this is a guy who's still very conflicted about what he's doing. I, I love it because you don't know what his motivation is. See, he's exactly. interesting to me. Yeah. Ahsoka would be so much more interesting if if they wouldn't have her playing mm-hmm. the school marm, like she knows it all. Right. And, you know, and to me, her character is a total turnoff. I cannot... I wish she would have more mystery. E- mm-hmm. Even if they didn't tell the backstory to everybody that I know, you have to watch Rebels, you have to watch Clone Wars, you have to watch all sure. this Dave Filoni stuff to get to all the all this, <laughs> you know, to figure it all out. Sure, but sure. But e- even that, it's like okay, so you know, I, I don't know any of that. If they, if her character would be more compelling, e- even even the dynamic between her and Sabine, it's it's like it's annoying. It's at this point to me, yeah. There, there's no there, there's no dynamic where I pulled in where I'm like. What's going on in their relationship? If they're trying to play the whole thing, like kind of leave people in the dark that don't know, and then mm-hmm. in the end reveal, it's like, well, you know where? But that's so I don't know, so telegraphed. It's so boring. Okay. Um, okay. When he comes on, I mean, that whole scene. I mean, I rewatched just that scene with yeah. him in the very end, and I was just like, oh my gosh, is the guy just you? You just want to know more? Mm-hmm. What is going on? I'm, I'm so yeah. sad. That I, I don't know if they were going to kill this character off, you know, but I mean, if they didn't, it's like, man, you just want to know more about this guy and his character. What is going on, right? Right, exactly. Do you know? Do you know his backstory? Not much of it. One of the few Star Wars characters I don't know a lot of backstory of. In fact, okay. I'm trying to go back to the deepest recollection, and maybe what I need to do is go back and re-watch both Rebels and Clone Wars again, but I don't seem to recall... Balin's skull either being in Rebels or Clone Wars. Mm. So now I could be wrong. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch again. But yeah, I don't know a lot about him. So he definitely is a really, really mysterious character. And unfortunately, because Ray passed away, if they're if they are going to make a season two of Ahsoka, whenever that is, if this writer strike ever ends in like another forty years, it seems like um, they will. If they include Balin Skull, they obviously will have to recast him, which would be, I think, a tragedy because Ray Stevenson did a knockout job playing him. Yeah, and so you don't know who they would be able to get to play Balin Skull if they have him in part of their episode, uh, their second season plans. I'm sorry. Now, um, I, I was listening to another guy talk about that. And then I, when I watched yeah. the episode, I actually talked about it before I watched the episode. And when I watched the episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't get it out of my mind. Yeah. Uh, Hills versus, versus Babyface. Uh, he, he does a great, great job. Go check him out too. Yeah. But he's breaking it down. He said, you know, when they had that fight scene, it was amazing because it was like, which is so true. Ray Stevenson was standing there like a knight. He looked like a a, a knight from the Middle Ages. He did. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you had Ahsoka that had more of a like a samurai stance. She did. I was like, you know, when I'm watching that, and, and then that that really kind of, it was amazing because like two conflicting styles. Yeah. I'm telling you, that that's so far that lightsaber mm-hmm. fight, that's been the whole series for me. That has really been amazing, you know, when they put that together. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite part of the whole season so far, episode four, Fallen Jedi, when at the very end, this is way after Ahsoka gets knocked over the side of the cliff by Balin's skull. Yeah. The very end, you see her. She looks like she's kind of floating in the water or something mm, like that. And then yeah. she wakes up, and it looks like she's having a premonition. And when she wakes up, she looks around, and she hears 
her old master Anakin's voice. Yeah. And so she she turns around and then she sees who other than Anakin Skywalker, her, her, Hayden uh, Christensen, returning yeah. as Hayden as Anakin Skywalker, and then she says, "Master." And yeah. he doesn't say anything. He just looks at her and kind of grins. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, getting interesting well, here. What is this? Do you, do you know the whole thing? What is this? I've heard people call it like the world between worlds, or there's some term for that. They're like, I, are the Jedi like, I don't know if it's like when you kind of like almost die or you're like in between or what? what is, do you know what that is? Well, my thought could be this. So when the Jedi, if a Jedi is extremely powerful enough, when, the, when he or she dies, even though their corporeal self is no longer exists in existence, their their force self is still in existence, like mm-hmm. their soul in essence. Yeah, and that's why in several movies and several episodes or several different takes of Star Wars, we've seen force ghosts come back, like Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda. Yeah, yeah, and even Qui Gon Jinn in uh, the series Obi Wan came back. But but not not the force ghost. But I'm talking about just the where uh, Soka is at. Oh, got you. Okay, I understand now. Because she's obviously so, she can't be dead because the series is Ahsoka, so right. She can't be dead. But I mean, it's, My, it's like she's like in 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 an in between state. My only guess can be that it's the uh, it's the um, it's the existence between basically life and death, between reality and between um, eternal life. Call it what mm. you will. I mean, I'm sure they'll explain but, it, but so, I've yeah, heard people. I'm sure I can't so remember the name for it. People have talked about it, so I thought yeah. maybe it was something that because, like I said, you, mm. you've watched more of the Star Wars lore, yeah. read the books, and you've been, and I haven't. So mm. I thought maybe there's a. Uh, that's why I was asking. Anyway, yeah. Um. So okay. So so you're you're pretty pleased so far. So far, again, I'm with. I'm still yeah. I'm so far off the last two episodes. I've been more into it than I was in the first two episodes. Yeah. And so now it's starting to pick up steam. It feels like the, the problem. And, and the other problem too is that them you know like purposely throwing stuff into um, mm-hmm. basically to make conflict right yep. trying to get the MacGuffin and do this and do that like purposely though which doesn't sometimes didn't seem like it made a lot of sense um, so yeah that that's the other thing with it sometimes it seems a little too forced I, I hope man I, I just want to watch it for Balin's goal now that's that's just the whole thing he like I said he's the series to me so right exactly anyway um, okay anything else on Ahsoka are we good. Uh no, nothing else on Ahsoka right now. All right, we've got we've got a rotten story for you guys. Yeah. Uh, why don't you take this one, Jason? Uh, yeah, okay. So this rotten story involves <laughs> no pun intended. Well, maybe there is Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure mm-hmm. all of you have heard Rotten Tomatoes. It's about that website that offers movie reviews, TV reviews, and stuff like that. For example, if you went to go see before you went to see Top Gun Maverick, you probably saw on commercials and advertisements. Rotten Tomatoes certifies it 95% fresh. Fresh, yeah. Exactly. That's where that comes from. So the story I found earlier this week is really interesting. In fact, I think it's rather salacious, given what we're talking about here. Rotten Mm. Tomatoes, apparently, in a report from New York Magazine, there is a suggestion that Rotten Tomatoes uh, actually uh, paid reviewers, paid lower-tier, middle-tier reviewers to basically doctor reviews of movies and shows that they watch with the hopes that the movies and shows would generate more income. And so um, if you would stop scrolling up and down, I can tell you a little (laughs) bit more about what this is about here. Um, So according to this new report from New York Magazine, they suggest that Rotten Tomatoes scores can be easily manipulated, alleging specifically that a public relations firm known as Bunker 15 has paid low-level, often self-published reviewers for positive write-ups as a way to game scores. Mm. One alleged example from the expose 
involved a 2000 how are we doing on time no we're good okay awesome so apparently one ex- alleged example from the expose involved a 2018 movie called ophelia a reimagined tale on shakespeare's popular hamlet told from the point of view of his girlfriend played by daisy ridley well the film reportedly had a 48 points a 48 rating but after the pr company allegedly paid reviews that was bumped up to 62 percent wow. taking it from a green rotten tomato score to a red fresh one which i guess if you're above 60 percent uh that's considered a fresh score that's so considered a fresh above score. 60 yeah exactly that's the threshold that you have to meet to be above to get what's considered a fresh score yeah yeah and so now it goes on to say here that well obviously bunker pr denied the alleged manipulation telling new york magazine in a statement and i quote we have thousands of writers in our distribution list a small handful have set up a specific system where filmmakers can sponsor or pay to have them review a film end quote yeah. Rotten Tomatoes went on to say in a statement that they take, quote unquote, the integrity of their scores seriously and do not tolerate any attempts to manipulate them. Eric, who is telling the truth here? Is this he said, she said, or is this just smoke being shoved up the chimney here? Well, I, I think, yeah, I think it's uh, smoke from all sides. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think Rotten Tomatoes, uh, well, listen, Rotten Tomatoes, have, they, I mean, obviously, they're, they're going to defend their position and say, no, there's no ma- manipulation because, you know. Uh-huh. Like I've like I was talking to you earlier about this before we got on the air. You know, I remember when Rotten Tomatoes first came out, it was very trustworthy, yeah. and and people would say, "Well, what's the score on Rotten Tomatoes?" Oh, it's if it's a high score, okay, good, we'll go see it. And uh, you know, it was a very trustworthy source. Yeah. Um, for uh, as far as movie ratings go, but now you know, over the years, I mean, obviously things companies get bigger, mm-hmm. things get you know, manip- are easier to get manipulated. Yep. And so yeah, I I haven't really looked at Rotten Tomatoes for mm-hmm. a long time anyway for the scores. I mean, mm-hmm. I could to be honest at this point, I could really care less okay. what Rotten Tomatoes does it. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because you got a critic score which you know can be easily manipulated. It's like that with anything. Yeah. I I mean, for Christ's sakes, our own democratic voting system is easily manipulated. Well, and not only that, so, I mean, we, we already know that, you know, I mean, listen, there, it's it's a strange world right now because yes. when we have uh, social media, you we know that you can buy clicks. So yeah. you can yeah. so you can buy reviews, too. So even though you have an audience score of, mm-hmm. of yeah. something, which what they do is they basically take the, what they do. Uh, they said they take the audience score. How did they get it here? Uh, let me see. It says so every so this is how it is. So the uh, just the audience score says here's how the math goes. Um, it's relatively simple. It says here uh, on Google, every review is categorized by either positive or negative. So it's either you know positive review or negative review. Simple right? enough. Simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, the number of positive reviews divided by the number of total reviews. So if you've got fifty uh, good positive reviews out of a hundred, then you get a fifty percent score. Half and half. So Simple. I mean that's yeah. that can be manipulated so easy. And it like could. I'm saying, in this world yeah. of buying clicks, I'm sure you can buy reviews, even audience reviews. Not even mm-hmm. necessarily we're talking about critics now, but and so yeah, you could just buy positive some positive reviews mm-hmm. if you're a, a movie uh, studio and mm-hmm. bump up that movie because. I guess apparently a lot of people still use this. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, why would it even be topic of conversation, right? I mean, exactly. Why would it be such a story? And also what's piqued my interest too is what what is the vetting system like for this? So like, I mean, how easy is it to manipulate the scores? What I mean by that, Eric, is, okay, let's say you and I are critics. We go and okay. watch uh, Ahsoka. We're employed by Rotten Tomatoes. They tell us, give us your reviews. You come back. We know you. We know you think it's a big pile of bantha fodder right now. Mm-hmm. So you go back and you tell Rotten Tomatoes, your editor, hey, I think it's lousy. I give it a twenty percent out of a hundred. But I go and I say I kind of like it. I'm going to give it a fifty out of a hundred. After we tell them that and we submit our reviews to them and our information to them, 
then how does it get vetted from there? Is it just scribbled away and they give your review uh, a 60 or a 70 up from a 30 and they give mine a 35 down from a 50? Well, do they do so percentage? So how do you think that works? With, with the critics, do they do percentage as well or do they also do what they do in audience? In other words, if a, if a critic... That's crit- partially what I'm asking here. Well, that's not... Yeah, so yeah. we don't know what how, how they're putting it together. Like, let's say, right. let's say if, if they have a critic's review and if it's out of 100 or yeah. out of... Out of ten, yeah, and yeah. if you're if you're five and above, mm-hmm. that's a positive review. Yeah. If you're five and below, that's a negative. So all you have to do is get at least a five. So you just have to be mediocre yeah. to be positive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if that's going off the same system, yeah, you're right. I mean, how how are yeah. they tabulating all this? We don't know exactly. And, and how do you know you're not leaving out more of the negative reviews? And right? then and then also, what is the um, what is the pay structure like for these critics who apparently now also not only what is the pay structure like from Rotten Tomatoes to these critics, but what are who are these critics? Are they people that actually know what they're critiquing or are they just Tom, Dick and Harry pulled off the side of the street, mm. paid a freelancer wage by Rotten Tomatoes and told just let us know what you think of the movie? Well, yeah, I mean, that goes back to what you were saying earlier in there where they're talking about they have hundreds of, of critics, right, or, yes. or reviewers. Yes. Uh, were they saying reviewers or critics? I can't remember. I think it was critics. Yeah. Or reviewers or both, maybe. maybe but see, here, both. here's the crazy thing. Like, even, like, I'm looking up Sound of Freedom. It's yeah. a very controversial movie right now. Yeah. That thing does have an audience score of 99%. 99%. That is crazy. Which I can kind of believe because everybody yeah. I've spoken to about Sound of Freedom has done nothing but say great things about it. Yeah. Powerful, impactful thing. So I can believe that. And then you have a uh, of critic score, and these are only, only seventy three, only seventy three reviews. Okay, at sixty percent, right? That seems like a pretty disproportionate number based that, on that, seventy three I mean, reviews. So sixty percent, it's fresh. It hit the okay. fresh mark at sixty. Okay. But what I'm saying is that how many? There, there's more critics than there's only seventy three critics. Exactly, like I'm saying, Eric. It, that seems like a disproportionate yeah. percentage, don't you think? Yeah, sixty percent out of seventy three. Are you kidding me? So that means mm. more than two thirds of those seventy three reviews resulted in that sixty percent result. Then, right? So yeah. Well, and then here's the other thing. Why wouldn't Okay, if, if you were to do critics' reviews, why wouldn't you yeah. make sure you had a pool? Let's say you have to have 200 reviews, period. Okay. So you have you, you contact 200 reviewers and you say, okay. give me a review on this. And it doesn't matter if it's negative, you know, whatever. You can even get a, a whole diverse pool of reviewers, right? Yeah. That, that, that you, can, you can sample. Okay. And that would be better. And if you had each movie had 200 reviews, then you could say that's where the benchmark is. 200 reviews. Okay. Here, here's a true. But with only 73, and then if we look at another movies, that 99%, um, which one are we looking at? We're looking at Dial of Destiny, right? Uh, yeah, we're looking at Indian Jones, Dial of Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> you mistyped it earlier, so we laughed that it said Indian Jones. I did, I did. That was no offense funny. necessary here, Native American uh, friends. Yeah. We're not making fun of you here. I just mistyped it. Here, mistyped now, look it. at this. Okay, it has uh, audience uh, audience score ten thousand plus verified right. ratings. The same Eight. one as Sound of Freedom. It's at eighty eight percent. Okay, that's All believable. Right. I, I can say okay, that's believable. Believable. But you have four hundred and one reviews at sixty nine percent. 
I'm like, wait a minute, 401. That's not, so you got to think, 73 to 401. That seems disproportionate. Th- that too. is disproportionate. That seems very low based on 401 yeah. reviews. So how are they even figuring that out? And, and then also, like, what is like, what exactly are they being asked to review? Are they just telling these critics, go and watch the movie, let us know what you think? Or do they give yeah. them like a questionnaire to fill out while they're watching a movie? Like, what do you think about the plot? What do you think about the acting? What do you think about the structure of the story? Something like that. Well, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's, bro- you know, we, we haven't looked at it. I'm sure it's, it's broken yeah. down. Um, if we were to look up uh, how do critics score, mm-hmm. they, they might do the same thing, you know, positive or negative. I don't know how critics rate on Rotten Tomatoes. See, yeah. it says when less than 60%, it's the same thing, positive. Uh, so I don't know. I get maybe the, the critics just do it. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes goes off of a critic score of maybe. either positive and don't give them a positive or negative. Yeah. We don't know what their metrics are for that positive right. or negative. And folks, and folks, listen, it's important for you guys to understand that Eric and I are only offering our opinions. We're not saying yes. that this is how the system is structured and how it's set up. We're just based off what we've read and what we're looking we're at to currently. Out. We're trying to figure out and basically theorize the logic behind the story. So, so this is our opinion, not what actually happens. Our here. opinion only. Yes. Here. Yes. All this is just our opinion opinion only but anyway yes. yeah so it's very interesting so th- this mm. is an interesting story i think what it you know like i said for me i am i do you ever use rotten tomatoes for I, movies well on occasion i do um to be perfectly honest with you i never um to me reviews don't amount to a hill of beans the way i see mm. it is this i'm the most important reviewer of a movie or sure. a tv show or a piece of music that i listen to or whatever i only care about my opinion and my opinion only if i go to a movie and like it bomb i love it yeah i mean i can read uh reviews from gene siskel from gene shallot and they and i've done that before where they've given rave reviews to movies like american beauty i go and watch it and i come away saying this was a pile of dung yeah which i did so I don't really I read them, Eric, but I don't invest a lot of stock in them. I, I think the 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 reviewer, you know, it was kind of it was good like in the old days. Old days again. Here I go back to the TV broadcast days when you there wasn't a lot of stuff on TV. But then you see the before right. uh, they'd had the Siskel and Ebert go to the movies, right? right exactly. And then they would sit there and they would talk about the movie and they would talk about their opinion. They'd basically do what you and I are doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was yeah. that was a very interesting format. Yeah. But to go on and just see like, oh, you know, 401 reviewer or a critic, I'm like, well, I don't even know who these critics are. I don't know anything about right, them. I mean, right, right. So, yeah, to me, I have i don't use it. Like I said before, I really don't use it. I haven't. The only time I'll really see it is if it's just by accident when I'm looking a movie up and yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. well, Rotten Tomatoes <clears throat> score and it's there. <laughs> um, right. I guess, I don't know, I guess this plays, you know, as far as Hollywood goes, or the industry, I guess this plays some part, and of course they have to protect their their reputation, Yeah. but to me it just seems too, uh, I don't know, it's, it's too wide open for, uh, what, what, what's the word I should say, I was going to say for fumbling, but not fumbling, too wide open for manipulation. Got yeah. you, kind of like yeah. voter suppression in a way. Yeah, well, <laughs> on, a different, wanna, on a different I don't know if we want to go there. No, yeah. yeah, this is not about but, politics. But no, but yeah, you're right though. The the, the manipulation is just very easy. So what uh, you're saying is aren't that the reviews you're looking for. Based on your opinion, then you're suggesting that based on what we've read and what we've discussed, that there is very little oversight of this type of process and that there's very little um, accountability involved as well when it comes to the actual uh, credibility of the numbers that are being reported. Sure. Yes, exactly. I can buy that. Thank you for, yeah, you you, you Mm -hmm. put it very succinctly for me there. Yes. And I think if I would want to see a reviewer, Mm -hmm. it would be a specific reviewer. Mm -hmm. Like like if people are listening to us because they want our take on whatever we're watching or whatever we review at the time. And then you get an explanation of why 
that the person reviewed it like that. Just seeing a number here, mm-hmm. and it was oh four hundred and some critics. I had sure. no idea what the you know what that even means. Well, right, it just says right. reviews. It doesn't even say critics. But right, right, yeah. I mean, how, I mean, if if you were. If you were to do that, would you rather watch the reviewer explain why they think? I mean, because I do that a lot too. I'll watch a lot of other uh, mm-hmm. YouTube commentators and, and stuff about you know, or podcasts that are talking about movies and TV shows and see what their ideas are. Yeah, and I like doing that stuff too. And yeah. I like hearing other people's opinions about content that they watch, you know, because it is interesting to find out what they like versus what I don't like, and then you know, vice versa. Yeah, you know, and I would be interested also to know in exactly how these particular critics who are singled out in this story uh review the movies and if they're deliberately told by rotten tomatoes hey just let us know what you think rather than dicing it down dissecting it mm-hmm. and then letting us know what they think about it so well and you know and we are you know we, we may be a different generation i mean maybe the yeah. the, the the younger generation they just want to get a, a score and then say oh well, i'll make a decision well, from yeah that. we have the youtube generation they yeah. don't care. I mean, if they can't watch it and enjoy it in 30 seconds or well, less, not even the not YouTube, maybe the TikTok at this point. Holy crud, you're right. TikTok. I forgot about nasty old TikTok. Huawei, see what you've done to us? Maybe the, maybe the TikTok. Right? I mean, maybe just see a score like, hey, 80%, I'm going. I'm going to go watch that. Yeah. So, right. Anyway. All right. Well, that's going to do it, folks. We'll talk about our review. Yeah. Uh, boy, speaking of review, yes. don't forget to give us a review here on Pardon the Intermission, right? Nice. Nice uh, way to segue there. That you was, like that? That was huh? beautiful. Beautiful. That was really good. Man. Eric, how do they do that, though? You're a true professional. Hey, go, Thank you. go, uh, uh, well, listen, you can go uh, as far as review the show, check out your podcast app. There's a yep. way to do that. Give us whatever stars, thumbs up, whatever you can do to help there us out. Go. That'd be great. Also, check us out on our social media, X formerly Twitter, at PTI underscore podcast, and Facebook on Pardon the Intermission. All right, guys. Hey, take care out there. We'll see you on the next one. Peace out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.